This thing called adulting has so much to do with how we regulate our nervous system. You know, how we process uncomfortable emotions that hit us every now and then and how we move through life without spiraling either into anxiety or depression. And even when we do, how we call ourselves back to a place of calm, peace and logical thinking. You know, this work of adulting is not easy and it's not just about being a responsible human being who can pay the bills and do chores and just keep themselves body and soul together. It's also figuring out this skill of self-regulating and employing it appropriately. Because oftentimes our emotional stability, which is tied to our mental state and well-being, dictates how and whether we function optimally in the other spheres of our lives. Happy new month, guys. It's that time of the month again. So let's recap April and just a little heads up because this episode might just be all over the place. April came with this energy that I can't even explain. It was like vision board. What is that? Monthly goals. You say it in all the ambitions and 2023 plans and strategy for where. So yeah, let's get right to it. Hi guys. Hello guys. Welcome to the Girl Unplugged podcast. This is Rita Chukriki. This is a platform for authentic and heartfelt conversations that inspire mindful living. So, as I was saying, April came with the energy of, I don't know who you think you are, but this is how we're going to run this show, you know? Like, I barely made it to the 30th. Bruh, (laughs) I made my bed 10 times last month like i was counting yes and if you know me well you would know that it is serious if i just made my bed 10 times last month because i take my routines seriously i'm a routines girl you know my routines and rituals are so important in setting me up for productivity success in any given day and making my bed is part of my routine so imagine being routineless in the last couple of weeks. And just to be fair, April wasn't entirely all gloom and doom. But if you tell me to summarize, like, she cut everything on. <laughs> My Igbo just jumped out. Yes. Summarize everything. Last month found me just useless in quotes now because I didn't know what happened. And I am keeping it real on this episode just for accountability and also for you guys to know that I don't got my shit together all the time. I think it's fair for people like us who share our journeys, self-improvement journeys, who are passionate about self-improvement, who are committed to self-improvement, personal development and all of those good stuff to be honest and transparent when it's not given when we are not feeling our best because it's not always a 10 every time it's not always a hundred percent yeah and there are struggles and sometimes the struggles are so 
you know, so the struggles hit hard that you just want to throw everything away. You don't want to do again. So this, this is me actually keeping it a hundred and coming out with all transparency that sometimes it's giving and other times there's nothing to give, you know. So in April, I was just going with the flow. And going with the flow is something that is difficult for someone who is used to, um, what, what's the word now? It's used to a kind of rhythm, you know, is used to certainty. Someone like me, I like to know things and I like to be in control of things. And so... With going with the flow meant that I had to sometimes push through in some instances, especially when it's work-related because <laughs> I need to pay my bills, right? And sometimes going with the flow meant that I had to let things be when it came to sticking with my routines. Like I had dishes piled for days in the sink. Like days, like I, I eat it to eye me back. And I'll continue my thing, you know, I'll just be behave like I didn't see it and I'll just be doing my work. And after work, I revert to being a slouch, eating food and just feeling miserable. Like, to be honest, I can't even tell you what was responsible for this feeling. I was demotivated to do anything. I remember calling up my friend and she's into astrology and i was just telling her how i was feeling and she was telling me how mercury is in retrograde again which she also clearly told me that the information she was telling me was not necessarily for me to like lean into the feeling and use it as an excuse for either bad behavior or not doing what i'm supposed to do but it's supposed to give me insight on what is happening and then i can find my way around it which I tried, I managed, like I said, pushed through in some instances that were work-related. But in terms of my routines, I beg, I beg, I beg. Whenever I get around to wash the dishes, I'll do it. Yeah. Since we started the episode jumping in head first with what went wrong, let's move on to the good things, right? Good things that happened in April. So in the month of April, my son turned 10, which is still quite unbelievable for me. I recall feeling clueless as to what I would get him for his birthday gift. And maybe I'm overthinking it, but I would usually get into the store and get things for him you know, and just be like, oh, take this, or I, mean, I would never bother to ask him what he would want, because not that I don't ask, I know it will revert to, you know, childish stuff, because he was a child, so I would ask, sometimes get him what he wants, and then add other things from my discretion, like, okay, let me just get this, but I realized that he is now someone who has who is gradually coming into his own he now has choices he's he now voices those choices and it kind of made me feel like hmm 
a lot of changes are going on in this young man's mind physiology that one too and all of that but it's no longer going to be business as usual you know so it kind of made me want to tread carefully with a lot of things like with promises or saying things to him because he retains he remembers and he holds anybody that says anything to him now he holds the person to account he is actually in that stage so it has made me want to reevaluate my relationship with him and how I act around him and the things I say to him. And also with managing his expectations, you know, you know, explaining to him why he can't have certain things now, the consequences of his actions and even when because there was a situation something that happened and he he was telling me how he expressed remorse and he was really sincerely remorseful and yet he was punished <laughs> for it and i was trying to explain to him how yes you can be remorseful you can show that you're sorry but actions have consequences so Saying sorry will not necessarily take the consequences away. In some cases, it does. In other cases, it doesn't. So it's now having those intentional and mindful conversations with him and making him understand life as it truly is. Because even with his interactions with people and life and just coming, like I said, coming into his own gradually, he is beginning to realize some things and sometimes they are not pleasant for him. So I think I'm just saying all this to say that it has dawned on me that I am responsible in raising this child and shaping his perspective of the world around him basically it's crunch time in this aspect of my life and you know i think what is also bringing me the fear there's the subtle fear that i have within me of being that parents that i need to be for being that parents that i need to be for him because i am fully aware that i am winging it in life i am also figuring out my own life so having someone that looks up to me for answers and expecting me to know stuff is going to require me <laughs> to be <clears throat> see time for long english bottom line is that i have to be responsible and i am feeling that i'm in that space where i just have to be a parent parent in the full understanding of what it is it didn't take away from the fact that I am happy and I feel blessed to have watched him grow and see him grow before my eyes and it has brought so much joy to my heart. I'm enjoying this experience every step of the way, even with the accompanied fear. Another good thing is the Girl Unplugged podcast turned three in april so our podversary is april 4th that was when i released my first episode during the pandemic and so it's been three years doing this thing 
And like I would always say, I am forever honored to have you guys listen to me do this with me, especially the OG listeners who has been on this journey since day one. You guys are the real MVPs, right? Take your flowers. I really appreciate you guys and I love you. And you guys make every effort put into this worth it. It's amazing to see how something that started during the pandemic, something that was meant to just keep my body and soul together, right? When the world was at a standstill, still works strong and gets this much love and attention. Like when I look at from the back end and see the analytics and the interactions, the numbers, I'm like, hmm. What did I really do to deserve this, right? So, but I think it also speaks to the fact that, I'm sorry guys, there was an airplane flying over my house. So, yeah. So, it speaks to the fact that you guys believe in whatever it is that I'm doing. I'm here for it. Thank you guys so, so, so much. Let's also not forget that Easter was in April and I enjoyed it with my friends. This is the first Easter in South Africa that I didn't spend it alone or in the house. I had a weekend getaway at one of our friends' house. She was like, "Hmm, why don't you guys just come around? Let's have this weekend and just be together by ourselves. Cook meals, eat, watch movies. Just let's just have that presence of people that we love around. And yeah, why not? It's not like I was doing anything at home. So It was a simple get-together of some sort, but yet it was so wholesome. We cooked, of course, we ate, we hung out, we shared laughter and joy. And it just was that thing about just having something special, sacred with the people that see you, that care about you, that know you, or that at least trying to get to know you. You know, and creating that space for something to blossom out of whatever that we had. So yeah, I had a really good time, and I was glad that I took up, I took them up on the offer because typical me, I would have just been like, oh, let me just be at home. What am I going there to do? Ah, it's fine. I'm okay. I'll be fine. After all, Easter is one day. You know, I would sure look for excuse, but it wasn't the case, and so. Yeah, it was a fun time. Easter was great. Another highlight for me this month was eating some of my favorite Congolese dishes. Yes, I outsourced the making of these dishes because I can't make them, at least not as well as a Congolese would, right? I have a versatile palate if I must say so myself, and I am not afraid to try foods. Like I'm open-minded when it comes to food that are outside my culture. And with experimenting with foods outside my culture, you know, food from also other African countries, trying to make them, eating them in the restaurants, ordering them off online. I've just come to realize that with food, it's practically the same across cultures. The differences being in the spices, the variety in the kind of food type, the kind of food type, and then methodology of cooking. So one of my favorite Congolese dishes is fumbwa. 
Fumboa is a kind of soup. It's is made with peanut butter. That is granut butter, like we call it in Nigeria, granut butter. You know the granut paste that we use to eat garden egg during ceremonies. Yes. So that granut paste is used with okazi leaf if you're from eastern part of nigeria you know what okazi leaf is you know so that okazi leaf is what they call fumboa and then they cook it with this granite paste with dry fish or smoked fish you know maggi salt it really comes out very delicious and i really really like it so just taking fumboa as an example, you find out that which culture, at least within Africa, doesn't use granite or peanuts to cook or make a soup. Sometimes you don't grind it as a paste. It's more powdery and you cook it and it gives you, it comes out more like a goosey will come out depending on how you prepare it. And then you eat them either with your, your vegetable of choice whether it's pumpkin leaves or bitter leaf or foundation is just practically peanuts, right? Or granuts. So the method is just the difference. And the method is even enough to make the dish turn out differently and gives you a different experience. Also, the same way we eat cassava tubers in Nigeria, the one we call apple or fufu, the one that is used to make fufu that we eat, the main fufu, not pandediam, like, you know, cassava tubers. The way we eat it in Nigeria, um, the Congolese eat the tubers as well, but they also eat the leaves, which we don't eat in Nigeria because we, I don't know why. I, I can't really say, but I've never seen us prepare, especially from where I'm from. I'm, I'm Igbo and we eat cassava well we use it for a lot of things so i've never seen us eat the leaves cassava leaves but yeah the congolese use the cassava leaves to prepare delicious meals as well i find it interesting because i remember my first reaction to knowing that was more of fear of what if the leaves are poisonous but hey these people have been eating it for all from all their lives so why 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 is that fear coming up you know just that thing about being ignorant and might i add that as a nigerian <laughs> i know how it can be very hard to try new foods because we are not that adventurous when it comes to food like not a lot of us are adventurous we like to stick to what we know what is comfortable and then there's this ego in our minds that our food is the best and so every other food is beneath our food which <clears throat> which i find very myopic but that's by the way yeah i had madesu i had fumboa made for me i ate it in two weeks i was just taking it small small because i didn't want it to finish but it just reminded me of good times you know sweet times yeah in case you're wondering how i got into eating it yeah i was dated a congolese so that was how it started okay moving on now 
in all of the emotional instability instability that came with last month i noticed that i maintained a constant state of gratitude and it's not in a way that i feel privileged because someone is having it worse than me and so i should be grateful but it was from a place of choice and just what I decided to magnify in my life. And one thing I am learning is the power of choice and seeing how both the good and the bad and the ugly are all happening at the same time for us every day of our life. So what we choose to focus on is what gets magnified, is what we get to notice more. In all of this instability, I didn't lose my sense of gratitude. I found myself being grateful and just grateful for the simple things, right? Like the air in my lungs, even when I wasn't feeling happy. I was grateful for my organs functioning every time I woke up in the morning and I didn't feel like leaving the bed. I was grateful for what got done in the course of the day, knowing that it was enough. So I might have met a work timeline, but I didn't do dishes and it was okay. I didn't beat myself up and say, so because I didn't do dishes, every other good thing I achieved or every other productive thing I did in the course of the day, even if it meant just watering my plants or solving a few pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, or just getting off the bed and brushing my teeth and doing my skincare or having a bath daily was something to be grateful for. And it was just enough for that way. It is enough that I am who I am now. Do I need to improve and grow in areas of my life? Yes. But who I am now is still enough and it is okay. And I wouldn't have to bother or or think that I need to attain a state of either mind or productivity for things to just be enough for me. It has really been empowering for me. Really, really empowering. Moving on to things that sparked joy for me last month was watching the stars come out. I would find myself just coming out to watch the sky. So whether it was the moon that came out or seeing the first star that came out for the day and how it shone so bright or just watching the sun, you know, that morning sun peeking through the trees or how the sunbeams, you know, filtered into my room through my curtains. It also helped with the sense of gratitude that I considered it a privilege to notice these things, to have time for these things, to, to be in a state where these things bring me not just joy, but made me wonder. And I think that was my greatest gratitude that I I'm gaining back my sense of wonder in the world, you know, gaining sense of wonder of the living creatures around me. Like I will look up to the sky and I'll feel joy. I'll almost feel like I want to cry because it's, it's so beautiful. I look at my fishes swimming in the, in the aquarium and I'm like, 
I am awed by their beauty, their elegance, their grace, their colors. Sparks wonder in me. And I'm so grateful for that because I think when we lose our sense of wonder, which is also what makes children interesting beings, they are curious, they don't lose their sense of wonder, and they, they look at the world through a lens of awe. I think when we lose that as adults, we are we are more prone to be depressed, we are more prone to be devastated, we are more prone to be frustrated, we are more prone to never see good in the world, and it's very hard to retain hope or even cultivate hope when you've lost your wonder. That was one of my greatest gratitude that yes, my sense of wonder is not lost. Now, lessons in the month of April. If there's anything that April taught me, it's this thing called adulting and a very important skill that is required in this thing called adulting. And I know when we think of adulting or want to discuss it, we like to come at it from a place of, you know, financial responsibility, being able to cater to one's needs, paying the bills, you know, getting around to do your chores, basically being a responsible human being, right? But I think that we forget that while all these are important, being able to like self-regulate as a human being is equally important. Self-regulation is your ability to control uh, your emotions and your nervous system. Because everything that happens to us, we feel it, either good or bad. We are happy, we are sad, we are excited, we are nervous, we are anxious, we are depressed, we are joyful. And whether we like it or not, our emotions either tilts us away from a place of equilibrium or brings us back to a place of equilibrium. So it's easier to be in a place of equilibrium where you're in a constant state of happiness or joy. But what happens when there is a tilt in that equilibrium and you find yourself sad or depressed or you don't know how to go about certain things because of how you feel your emotions or you are offended or somebody wronged you or you are worried it could be a lot of things right a lot of emotions that you may not even have words to identify or appropriately name what it is how do you regulate yourself back to a place of equilibrium how do you ground yourself I think this is, I dare say, one of the greatest skill of being an adult and doing this adulting thing because our emotions determine a lot of things. It drives our interpersonal relationships, our self-relationships, our relationship with ourselves and how we move in the world and interact. So are you someone that is always taking offense at what people say at them are you easily ticked off are you easily offended why is that have you ever thought to ask yourself why am i always feeling offended why am i irritated at what people do 
Or maybe you find yourself in a situation where, because with adulting, things don't wait for you to be in a good mood. You could actually be in a very terrible situation and other things are happening that are adding to your terrible situation. And so how do you manage and be in a state of calm? I always remember this quote anytime that I am going through something. Peace is not the absence of chaos. It doesn't mean that when things are going wrong, that it's not possible for me to have peace. But how do I cultivate that peace? How do I cultivate that stillness? And it comes from a place where you are skilled at self-regulating yourself. How much do you know yourself enough to regulate yourself back to a place of equilibrium where you ground yourself? Is it deep breathing exercises? Is that what does it for you? Is it your inner self-talk? Is it how you talk yourself out of situations? How do you function optimally? Do you even recognize your voice? And when you speak to yourself, do you hear yourself in terms of how you respond to your voice and taking actions that bring you back to this place? I thought to mention this and I'm not saying this because if you noticed, it was more of questions than this is what you should do or not because I realized that these things are things that come from a place where you pay attention to yourself. If you're someone that have nervous breakdowns frequently, maybe you would have been able to like master this to a point where you at least get yourself to a place where you can either talk to someone that would help you, maybe a mentor or a life coach or a therapist, right? That can help you further process these feelings to a place where you can now say, okay, I'm fine. I have an objective perspective or view of this thing that it is no longer affecting how I feel or my productivity. Because whether we like it or not, our emotions will determine how productive we can even be in our daily lives and routines. So yeah, I think it's a very necessary skill that every adult must harness and develop and cultivate. And it's necessarily not something that you outsource to someone. It's something that you try first and then work your way around with the help of someone. But you must first see the need first notice the patterns with self-improvement because they are intangible because the outcomes are intangible and not everyone can understand when you say i'm self-regulating or i'm trying to bring myself to a place of emotional equilibrium or emotional stability what do you have to show for all the work that you put you know into yourself all the positive self-talk all the affirmations all the grounding rituals, all the deep breathing exercises and all of that, all the mindfulness habits that you've cultivated over time that seem to bring you peace and brings you to a place of calm. But other people might not understand it because it's either considered childish or a waste of time or you, 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 you are too much, you know, in quotes, you know. So yeah, I think that's it on this episode. Um, I really hope that May is kinder to us 
and is prosperous and we get to fulfill and achieve our set goals and remain joyful and at peace. So until the next episode, continue to be you till full. Bye.